playing the Bee Gees. That means that Zach Blobner is only a stone's throw away. Joining us is one half of the J&Z show, noon to 3 p.m. on WDAE in Tampa. At Zach on the mic is how you can find him on social. And you can catch us going back and forth on all things fantasy football and the fantasy fix every Sunday from 10 to 11 a.m. So Zach is all over the place. Welcome to the show, compadre. How is the afternoon treating you? It's good, man. A little lunchtime love there. Uh, you know, I just caught up on all my magic highlights. Took me all of 30 seconds, and we're Screw good. Screw you. We're over you. Get rid of Zach. <laughs> He's not wrong. I'm surprised you got 30 seconds. Uh, well, it was mostly just the intros where the lights are all flashing, and it seems cool. Uh, Markel Fultz got a nice ovation last night at the arena, as did Cole Anthony. And uh, I like Paul Porter, who's the uh, – I believe he also does yes. the introductions for the Lightning. So we have a Paul yes. Porter connection. That's Paul right. Porter is the man. Yeah, he did a uh, like rather than just saying Markel Fultz, he said, "Welcome back, number 20. It was awesome. It was it was it was a good call. A He's a pro extra man. Player. He's a pro. Paul Porter pro. does a nice job. He does. He does. He gets the crowd into it. Now, unfortunately, by the fourth quarter, because that's kind of like his thing, is he gets people amped for the fourth <laughs> quarter. But by the fourth quarter, it was just embarrassing. Oh man, it was terrible. I can't. I don't know what to do, Zach. What are we supposed to do over here? You, you've dealt with a lot of losers over there in Tampa. What do, what do we do? Uh, you guys got a, a college football conference championship coming up, right? We just got the playoffs expanded just in time for y'all to hop conferences when you don't need to now. Uh, you know, talk about that. <laughs> hop conferences when you don't need to. Have you not seen the checks that they're about to cash? Oh, no, no, no. I get it. But, like, the whole concept, given there's always money behind it, but, like, UCF and we chronicled it on our show today too i mean ucf would have been in the playoff conversation multiple times over the last decade had you know this 12 team format been already in place so it's just funny because i brought it up today look first first of all usf has to find a head coach and even if that happens which will happen that coach has to do a good job and bring success to the program but we're in a scenario now with the Knights jumping ship to the different conference, we could actually get a college football playoff at some point in the near future. Well, maybe not near, but obviously in the next like five to 10 years where you have like four Florida teams in it, right? Like, yeah. because the Gators could be anywhere in the top three of the SEC, FSU anywhere in the top, you know, two of the ACC. If UCF has a really good year, if USF has a really good year, you could see all four of those teams potentially in a 12 team playoff. And I love that for our state, man. That's good for all of us. Here's a hot take for you. That will never happen. That will never, ever happen. Why is that? Why? Because though? those teams will never be good simultaneously. They'll trade. They'll trade because the v- recruiting. I, I think there just aren't enough players to go around, plus all of the other schools that hop into the state of Florida and have over the years. I mean, that the idea of putting a fence around the state, that was long gone years ago. So I don't think that you'll ever see a a single year where all of those teams, where you get even three. I think that's pushing oh, it. Oh, I would take that bet. Give me, give me a deck. Ever, give me a I'll say ever. I will say from now. I know, but that's not until, measurable. Well, it that's is. As long as you and I stay in contact for the remainder of our days, that's a bet. <laughs> oh, so what? Like and on then, one of our deathbeds, on we my gotta death pay bed. up. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> You gotta, you gotta, uh, yeah, absolutely. You have to add to the inheritance that my grandchildren are getting. <laughs> um, give me a decade. Give me till what's it twenty? Give me till twenty thirty five. I guarantee there will be a three team from Florida representation at some point. Because again, listen, look, the Gators don't got to win the SEC the same year the 
FSU Seminoles win the ACC the same year that one of the other those teams wins their conferences. Like literally, you could just have a year where all three finish in you know second place, or one wins their conference, and maybe the Gators are in third that year. Like, there's a lot of scenarios. When's the last time the uh, both the Gators, even if you just isolate those two teams, mm-hmm. when's the last time both of them have been good at the same time? It has been. I was a child. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think nineties, late nineties. Well, the nineties, yeah. All both Florida and Florida State were in the top ten every time they faced each other for sure. Um, and then Nick Saban well, came around, and they started recruiting the state of right. Florida. And then, and then, yep. yeah. And then USF yeah, but, and UCF came around, and they started poaching some players that wanted playing time from those schools. And wouldn't you know it? Years down the road, Florida and Florida State, like, they just can't be good at the same time because of it. It's we'll just, see. That's what it seems. We'll see. I think we'll that's, that's an interesting conversation, though. Not one I planned on having today, but you you know, you know, brought up a very thought-provoking point, Zach. You mentioned USF, and I wanted to ask you about that because they're looking for a new head coach. You're pretty plugged in in the situation over there. I, I've seen Deion Sanders' name thrown about. Colorado, Cincinnati is thinking about those programs as well. What have you heard about who the next individual could be, and when do you expect to hear that news? Uh, yeah, it's, it's been brutal on this side. I, you know, look, obviously I pull for USF over UCF every day of the week. Uh, but both fans have not been pleasant the last couple of weeks. I'm just going to be honest about it. And I've pushed away from the news desk. I'm like, I'm not bringing up anything new. I'll tell you simply the last thing I heard was that the name that was floating the most, Jamie Chadwell over at coastal Carolina, they're in their conference championship game this weekend. Um, I expect the news after conference championships, if it doesn't leak, like officially leak prior to that, but sometimes, and, and it, whether it's him or not, it'll be whoever it is will be after the conference championships probably. I, I don't think it's Dion. My guess would be Chadwell. Um, but you look, you know, we've seen curveballs. Tom Herman just signed up at FAU. I thought that was a great thing for the Owls. And my assumption is if a guy like that can end up there, then, you know, UCF should be able to get whoever they think their guy is. I think Dion's going to end up at Colorado. But we've seen curveballs in the coaching carousel before, so I'm not reporting anything, but my guess well, so what, what happened? Well. What happened here, Zach? Because I saw you throw out there, like, hey, I think we got the guy. We'll find out tomorrow. And then tomorrow came, and we didn't have anything. And I feel like you've kind of taken a beating when it comes to this stuff. So what's... Yeah, not as bad as some other in this market. Um, you know, I've seen basically like, look, everybody's trying to get the news out there. And, and I, I don't want to speak for anybody else in the media. Like some people have different motivations. Some are trying to make headlines. Some are trying to be first. Some are trying to do both. I simply try to just share what I hear. And yeah. I need to word that better outside of saying I report this. I can say my I've heard my best guess is this, which I just did, is probably a better approach. Um, here's the thing. USF Athletics' official account on Monday when I was told the news was going to come out tweeted, are you ready to find out who the new head football coach is, and then just went silent. So either A, <laughs> they were trolling their own fan base, which I find very hard to believe, yeah, that's or weird. they were ready to announce, and there was either a snag or the person said, I don't want to, 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 to announce yet, or whatever the case may be. Like, There's no way that your official athletics account tweets that out unless there's something else to it, you know? Hmm. 
I also saw that you guys uh, over there for uh, Team Tampa Bay at WDAE are kind of taking a beating from the fans. What's been going on with, on that front? Uh, that uh, first of all, you, this is, is going to be mute. No, I know what you want. You want me to talk? You want to hear about all kicking us while we're this, down? This over is yes. USS, Let me be very clear about my intentions here because I, nobody in this market, <laughs> nobody in this market, outside of who they hire as a coach, really cares about what's going on at USF. Yeah, it's not a concern fair. of ours, just like you guys aren't spending hours on Magic Basketball over there. This is just different markets, different interests. However, this is very much... Um, we are, we have a we have a couple that's a, a friend of ours, and while it's none of our business, we kind of want to know the tea. You know? So yeah. that's what this feels like. I kind of want to know what's going on and why is everyone upset with you guys. The, the simple way to put it is... USF's in a really bad place after the last few seasons, after a, a while, actually. And the argument that's happening internally in our market, mainly with the fans saying this is still a premier job, is everybody that, you know, doesn't have a giant amount of fandom. Like, I don't even think that's the way to describe it. Basically, the media people are like, it's not as good of a job as you think it is. <laughs> and the fans are losing their mind. Yeah. And now well, the media people that, are right. So I, pat yourself but, but on the back. Word, but it's wording though, like you know, Pat, you know my guy, Pat Donovan. Like he said specifically that if Deion Sanders took the USF job, it would be a step back from Jackson State, and that's that's not true. That's not true. But you know, listen, I didn't. He he tweeted it. But he didn't probably didn't think it'd be a big deal. He thought he was just saying what seemed common, and then uh, USF fans decided that he was public enemy number one for for that day or for that weekend. And now it's a different guy. So you know, it, it is what it is. They're going to get their guy, and someday in the next decade, we'll have uh, multiple Ford teams in the playoff. We're <laughs> okay. uh, talking to Zach Blobner from WDAE in Tampa. This is all very interesting. I'm very intrigued by this. Hopefully, the audience is as well. Uh, let's uh, let's switch gears for a moment to what is going on with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I want to play a clip for you. This is mm-hmm. Tazi. Look alive over there. Let's uh, let's go to the <laughs> let's go to the Todd Bowles cut. From we played this a couple of days ago, where he explained the lack of usage of timeouts at the end of regulation. We'll play this and get your reaction. It wasn't a timeout called yet. You had three of them. Why didn't you call a timeout there or Tom on the field uh, to preserve some time? If you look back, and I know it's hindsight now, but that 26-yard catch by Julio Jones, you had eight seconds. You could have had 25 seconds with two more timeouts there. Or it could have been an interception as well. We said if we didn't get yards on the first down on the first play, uh, we wouldn't call a timeout. We would probably let the clock run. If he saw something, he could throw it. But we didn't get any yards on the first play. We got one or two yards with Rashad, and we were backed up. So if we had threw a pick and the ball would have went the other way and had to kick the win field goal, we felt better going into overtime, so I didn't do it. So... Explain. What well, is he talking first of about? All, Todd, Todd Bowles has been under a lot of fire since the end of the Cleveland game here in town, rightfully so. Um, not trusting Tom Brady to protect the football and turning it over is just, it's mind-blowingly inaccurate. It's, it's not something you should say. The biggest thing here is that they went from a guy in Bruce Arians who was no risk it, no biscuit, gunslinger, gambler, let's go for the win. To Todd Bowles, who's more conservative, defensive-minded guy, and is simply paralyzed by his fear of failure, and they're two completely mirroring, different, opposing uh, philosophies when it comes to head coaching. And what's happening though is you still have a guy in Tom Brady who doesn't feel that way, who thinks, 
let's go try to win a ball game like they did literally two games prior against the Rams at the end. And that's why Tom Brady got up, even though the plan was to run the clock out if they didn't get a first down on the first run, which they didn't in that scenario. They got two yards out of the rookie. Well, Brady gets up, throws a big pass to Julio, and Julio and all the other players get up and immediately call a timeout. So you have your offensive players on the field still trying to get in field goal range, still trying to win a game. You have your head coach saying, we're not using timeouts because that's not the safe play. We'll take it to overtime and take our chances there. And uh, there's a clashing of different ideas there on how to approach it. And it costs the team at least that game. It's going to cost them, and you can argue has cost them other games. They're just not on the same page, Tom Brady and Todd Bowles the quarterback and the head coach, and that's never a recipe for success. Very weird season for the Bucks, goes without saying. Uh, you can catch Zach and myself on the Fantasy Fix every Sunday from 10 to 11 a.m., and you can catch Zach noon to 3 on WDAE in Tampa, all part of the iHeart family. Thanks so, so much, Zach. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon, and we will chat this Sunday. Obligatory. Go Bulls! There he goes. Great Bulls talk today. Coming up next, NFL Pick'em. Tazi and I will pick winners from every game across the league, including tonight's Patriots-Bills showdown after this.